This is the podcast by The Straits Times. This is Asian Insider and I'm Nirmal Ghosh. At the March 12th summit of the Quad, that's India, Australia, Japan and the United States, each of the four leaders independently in the course of the meeting referred to the event as historic because it cemented a group of strong democracies working together going forward to secure a free and open Indo-Pacific. Those are not my words, but those of U.S. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. Now, the top outcome from that virtual meeting was an agreement to deliver 1 billion doses of vaccine made in India for use in Southeast Asia, where countries including Indonesia and the Philippines have been using the China-made vaccine. The U.S. and Japan will provide financing, while Australia will deploy its logistics capability to transport the vaccines. Now, the Quad joint statement hit on key points like vaccines, tech standards, infrastructure and climate common civilizational challenges, you might say. So the Quad is morphing now from what has so far looked like a maritime focus to a broader focus intended to benefit like-minded countries and in terms of the humanitarian needs of the day. To look a little more closely at the significance of this, I am joined today by Straits Times India Bureau Chief Nirmala Ganapati from New Delhi and Straits Times Japan correspondent Walter Sim in Tokyo. Thank you very much for joining at this very busy time. Thank you, Nirmal. So, Nirmala, Nirmala, if I may start with you, tell us a little bit about the plan to make these one billion doses and India's vaccine diplomacy. India has donated to dozens, scores of countries, as we know already. And now the idea is obviously to catalyze more production and distribution. How significant is this? How doable is this? Uh, I think it's uh, quite significant. And I also think it's quite doable considering India is known as a manufacturing hub for vaccines. Uh, you have uh, lots of Indian companies which which have been traditionally manufacturing vaccines for the world. So, um, so in that sense, it is uh, significant. The company that's going to be making these 1 billion doses is uh, Biological E. It's a, a company which is based in the South and they've been in the vaccine business since the 50s. Um, in fact, they are one of the oldest, I think, uh, vaccine firms in India. Um, uh, so in that sense, I think it's quite significant, uh, particularly at a time when there is so much uh, inequitable distribution of the vaccine. You have Western countries which have kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, hoarded vaccines um, in a sense. Um, and this has come at the cost of poorer and lower income countries. And so in that sense, any initiative which kind of uh, decreases that inequity, I think, is uh, welcome. And um, this also adds to India's uh, vaccine diplomacy. India till now, uh, you know, uh, has uh, exported or donated vaccines to 81 countries around the world, which is uh, not a small uh, number. Um, this is in spite of India's own domestic uh, needs, which are huge. Uh, so uh, officials have been very clear that, you know, this vaccine diplomacy doesn't come uh, at the cost of uh, the domestic supply which is why I think uh, they're talking about this 1 billion dose in addition to the existing manufacturing capabilities in India. So um, in that sense, it's quite um, uh, significant. And, you know, I think uh, there's been commentary in India and I think elsewhere also that the U.S. Uh, in particular has faced criticism for hoarding vaccines. And this initiative kind of lets it off the hook in a way. And um, uh, on the other hand, it also kind of uh, plays in well into India's own uh, soft power diplomacy 
as far as vaccines are concerned and in a way you know kind of uh, giving an alternative uh to maybe china supplied vaccine or russia supplied vaccines um there is also a sense that uh, indian vaccine makers have a higher level of credibility well that's that's the thinking within india so so that is also another angle very interesting now walter Japan's foreign minister Toshimitsu Motegi in a recent foreign policy speech mentioned vaccines as having the greatest strategic value at this moment can you give us Japan's perspective on the quad summit and this vaccine diplomacy initiative well it has been very well reported that Japan itself is a laggard in terms of vaccine rollout in terms of vaccine production and Japan does not really have any stakes in manufacturing but where its stakes lie really is in it's trying to build itself uh, as a defender of the free world of the international rule space order and with this in mind it has been trying to throw its weight and its financing to promote the distribution of indian vaccines through the quad um to developing south to developing countries especially in asean so um in, in this sense japan kind of sees the quad as a means to further its push for the free and open indo-pacific vision of which um prime, former prime minister shinzo abe has been actively lobbying and this mantle has been passed to current prime minister yoshihide suga and i i think japan will be very heartened to see that the leaders of the us australia and india uh finally on the same page to convene such a meeting um it's not an understatement to say that japan has been very alarmed by chinese moves in recent years to up and this rules based order and uh this can be seen from mr motegi's policy speech where as you said that as as he said vaccines have the greatest strategic value at this moment he also mentioned his fears that through chinese vaccine diplomacy china has been trying to um sway these low income countries these with developing countries to making positions in chinese favor so in in such a sense uh, in such a geopolitical setting Ch- uh, japan has been um besides the quad as well trying to build up a partnership with other countries like the eu britain canada and so forth uh, to kind of counter this rise of china uh, so we see prime minister suga choosing vietnam and indonesia as its first uh, overseas destinations for uh for uh for a visit as prime minister and foreign minister motiki himself also went to 11 african and latin american countries in the span of two months just recently so to all this a uh, diplomatic outreach we see japan trying to counter uh, china's rise and chinese influence through the free and open indo pacific as well as um countering chinese vaccine diplomacy through its own outreach efforts Nirmala India has always been seen as a skeptic of, of the group the only country which is not a formal ally of the United States the only country in the quad and the India US relationship does have some slightly tricky waters to navigate yet India has managed to steer this in the right direction hasn't it it has uh, avoided uh, militarization of this group for instance and it has broadened the group the quad has broadened its its focus as i mentioned earlier what is the thinking in india on this i think um, um the thinking in india i mean a lot of things changed uh, after the border troubles that india had with china last year um uh, 20 indian soldiers were killed uh, at galwan valley in a violent clash with chinese soldiers and um, that led to a troop uh, and weapons build up along the border in the ladakh region 
and um, you know that that kind of uh, shifted uh, the strategy towards china and india in the sense that earlier there was always an attempt to kind of grow the economic relationship and keep border troubles uh, separate but but that thinking has kind of turned on its head now now the messaging from uh, india is that um uh, china needs to resolve this border issue if it wants economic ties between the two countries to flourish further and this is the thinking i think which has allowed india to throw off its hesitation and kind of embrace the quad fully and uh, the fact that uh, the you know the agenda has um evolved beyond just the maritime uh, cooperation is a boost for india because it gives india an opportunity to kind of also expand its soft power in the region and beyond and it also uh, enables india to kind of justify being in this grouping which is not just uh, which doesn't just have a maritime uh, focus so in that sense it's been good for india because uh, at the end of the day it, it it is still cautious when it comes to china but it is i think sending out a message that uh, it will uh, follow its national security it will kind of uh, join this uh, quad which perhaps will help it maneuver uh and um, kind of uh, engage with china also at the same time give it some space to maneuver as far as china is concerned walter there was an interesting editorial on march 17 india sahi shimbun which made the point that since there is wariness in china over the quad the group needs to move away from defining itself by the china threat it must transcend that even as every individual country has its own issues with china could you tell us a little bit more about uh, the strategy as far as japan is concerned indeed i i think there is consensus in japan that the court is not viable if it will not be viable if it's solely because uh, if it's solely a group that's meant to counter china and you see that through the recent summit where other issues such as vaccine such as climate change were discussed and uh, this is because it's going to be very tricky if the court were just solely to be a anti china initiative and as you pointed out each of these countries has their own issues with china so um for japan japan has very close economic ties with china uh, which last year was japan's largest trading partner and even as some japanese business leaders have been increasingly wary about relying too much on china and chinese supply chains um one analyst i spoke to also has also hypothesized that beijing has been actively trying to couple economically even more closely with china uh, with tokyo and this would mean that japan if it were to be too aggressive against china um japan could need to prepare for potential economic retaliation in time to come uh but on the other hand japan also seems to be very emboldened by the united states and uh, well japan united states is pretty much a subset of the court and uh the joint declaration issued just this week when us secretary of state blinken and secretary of defense austin met their counterparts in japan the two countries were very unusually pointed in explicitly blaming china for coercion and destabilizing behavior uh and this as just stuck the post against last week's court summit statement which had no such mention it seems to show that japan is ready to stand up its ground against china on maritime and defense issues but yet 
you know, there are other issues where Japan has to work closely with China on. So I think looking forward, it's going to be very interesting to see what kind of statement that um, Prime Minister Yoshihide Suga, when he goes to the White House next month for the first meeting with US President Joe Biden, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of statement the two leaders uh, delivers at that summit meeting. Nirmala, uh, Defence Secretary Lloyd Austin also visiting India, also quite significant. Has India made a nice transition from the Donald Trump administration to the Joe Biden administration? What is, what is the mood in India as far as the bilateral relations with the US are concerned under the Biden administration? Uh, I think uh, there is a sense that there's going to be a, a continuity in relations um, uh, you know, the Quad initiative itself uh, gave a lot of comfort to India that things are going in along the same path as earlier. Um, uh, you know, India-US relations uh, have uh, grown in the backdrop of uh, growing Chinese assertiveness. So, so that is a factor that clearly hasn't changed with the Biden administration. And I think New Delhi is waiting with open arms to welcome the defense secretary and to kind of take the defense partnership which has kind of become the bedrock of the relationship uh, you know further okay thank you very much nirmala thank you very much walter for your time today the quad has seen a steady logical evolution and has been steered along a very deliberate path none of these countries want to go to war with china every one of them wants to maintain a working relationship with china so we have seen a very deliberate emphasis not on targeting China, but on values and principles and certain common goods, vaccines, technology, climate change, mitigation and adaptation. And also, of course, alternative supply chains, all of which will indirectly constrain China's operating space. But the message is clear and it stops short of picking a fight. None of the measures pokes China in the eye. Of course, the proof will be in the implementation and the next Quad Summit is supposed to be by the end of this year. That will be the time to assess the effect of the synergies this group can bring to bear. For Asian Insider, I'm Nirmal Ghosh. That was an SBH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sbh.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.